Hi, and welcome to the Kids Yoga Podcast, the place for all things kids yoga. My name is Jessica Mujis, and after teaching kids yoga for over a decade and being immersed in the industry, I created this podcast as a warm and supportive place for parents, teachers, caregivers, and kids yoga professionals to gather. Episodes include conversations with kids yoga teachers, business owners, and authors, child development experts, informational episodes on specific kids yoga topics, yoga adventures for children, and even the voices of children themselves. It is my hope that you can come here each week and gain inspiration and form connection with your fellow kids yoga community. Welcome to the Kids Yoga Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Kids Yoga Podcast. My name is Jessica, and this week I am joined by a kids yoga hero of mine, Kira Willie. Kira is author of Breathe Like a Bear, Peaceful Like a Panda, and the Mindfulness Moments for Kids board book series. She is a children's music artist, kids yoga and mindfulness expert, and creator of Rockin' Yoga School programs. She has released five albums of kids' yoga and mindfulness songs. Her work has won Parents' Choice Gold, Independent Music and International Songwriting Awards. Her hits include Colors, which was featured in a worldwide Dell ad campaign, and Just Be, which has been streamed more than 2.5 million times. Kira created and hosts several Yoga for Kids programs, which air on PBS TV affiliates nationwide. And her TEDx talk, Bite Sized Mindfulness, can be viewed online. Rockin' Yoga, Kira's membership, is a thriving community of open hearted kids yoga educators bringing mindful practices to our next generation. Kira, welcome to the show. Oh, I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes, you. I've been listening to your music for years. It's been definitely a staple in my kids' yoga classes, and I I think most people listening are going to feel the same way, so really an honor, Um, and I'm excited to learn more about you. So I'd love to start with just yoga for you, and when did you first um, have yoga in your life, and how did it impact you? Sure. Well, long ago, when I was living in New York City, um, I was honestly looking for a way to stay in shape. I'll be totally frank. I had always been an athlete. I played soccer. I was a hurdler in college. Um, and I was, I was, you know, once that kind of ends, I was like, hmm, now what am I going to do to, you know, be an athlete and stay in shape? And I saw a yoga studio open in my New York city neighborhood. And I went and I really liked the class, but again, I'll be totally honest. I was like, hmm, you know, that was nice. So I didn't, you know, I'm not one of those people that like, fell in love in my first yoga class. And this is going to be my life's work kind of a thing. Um, But I kept going and, and it began my journey. You know, I slowly began to fall in love with it and really see the benefits and really feel it in my body and mind. And, um, but that's how it began. It's kind of funny to say like, oh yeah, I just want to stay in shape. (laughs) Yeah. You know what? I think that's a, that's a common story for sure. That's how I started the dance background. I thought, oh, I'm out of college now. How do I stay in shape? We went to yoga and the same, I did not fall in love with it right away either. 
<laughs> so it's oh, not good. always okay. that like so, light bulb. Right, it's not just me. It's not just <laughs> yes. me. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> yeah. So that's cool. So, you, but you stuck with it. And then mm-hmm. at what point did you decide, I'm not sure like the, the order of events to share it with children. Were you teaching before sure. you created the music and what, what kind of came first? Yeah. So I was teaching at the time at a parent child music program, teaching music to little, little ones, you know, that would their, their parent or caregiver would bring them. Um, it was this wonderful program. I actually, I loved the job. Um, and it incorporated music and movement and taught all the instruments of the orchestra and that kind of thing. Um, but I always wanted to bring my own creativity, creativity to it. I was kind of bound by the curriculum I was required to teach. Um, and I had been in that job, I don't know, eight months or something. And I saw an ad for a children's yoga teacher training. And I am, I just immediately in my bones, I was like, I'm doing it. I'm going to, you know, just like, it was one of those hits that you get, you know, sort of in your gut. So I took the training. Um, and then I, and I was like, this is what I'm going to do, you know, mm. and, and started, um, teaching basically anywhere that would have me for, you know, pay or no pay. Um, and that began that, that journey. And then as far as the music, I'm a lifelong musician. Um, and so the thought when I first started of walking into a room of, you know, boisterous five and six-year-olds felt really intimidating to me, as I know it does to many new teachers, right? You're like, oh my gosh, how am I going to handle this? What's, you know, so I brought my guitar because for me, it was really a comfort. It was really almost like a crutch. And, but incorporating the music into the classroom was so effective. And I had had all this experience teaching young children in the program I had worked for. Um, it, It was just such a home run combination that I started creating songs to use in my classes right away. And that became my first album, Dance for the Sun. Um, it's just an incredibly effective to combine the music and the movement. So that's sort of how it all began. Mm, yeah, so so um, natural how it just started. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that when you saw that ad for the kids yoga training, it's like you just kind of knew um, like that. That sounds amazing. Um, once in a while, those, those moments happen in our life. And if you listen to it, it's incredible where it can take you, you know, this journey. That's exactly right. Yeah. I think that's, it's uh, just to digress for a moment as I think that listening, we all need to really listen to our gut, like whatever you call it, intuition, you know, listen to your body's wisdom, whatever it is, probably more in life. And I think it's something we should really be trying to teach our children too, in our kids yoga classes, you know, listen to that inner wisdom, your body's going to tell you, you know, which way to go. So yes. just, uh, yeah, it's really important. Right. When we plant those seeds young, then they don't have to do all the unlearning that we, we as adults have had to do. It's like, absolutely. They just follow that from when they're a child. hundred percent. Yeah. I was in jobs I hated before that. I mean, hated, mm. you know, and if I think I had paid attention more to what was going on in my body, and it maybe wasn't until I had the opposite experience of, of, you know, seeing that ad and going through that training being like, oh my God, I love this, that I even knew there was an opposite side, you know? Right. Um, but I agree. Don't, you know, if we could spare them some of that unlearning, how wonderful. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, so Dance for the Sun, that's, um, I'm very familiar with that album. And I loved how you included like the songs and then the other side would be you teaching with the song. I thought that was Mm -hmm. so great for people to hear who maybe don't have as much teaching experience or looking for new ideas. Um, So I'm just curious, what was the process like in actually taking these songs that you just kind of authentically came up with and then deciding, okay, I'm going to make this an album and I'm going to release this. 
Well, yeah, it's funny because I wasn't going to do that at first. And, mm -hmm. but I've always, again, I've always been a musician. And I, I, um, after college, when I was living in New York, I was writing a lot of grown up songs, you know, and doing <laughs> open mics in the West Village and playing my own gigs and playing with a small band and that kind of thing. So I kind of always, part of me always thought, well, I'm going to go that direction. Um, and when I was thinking about putting an album together for, for release for sort of a grown up audience, several friends and my family kind of said to me, but you, you know, you're having all this great, I can see how you're loving doing this with the children, you know, and there's an audience there and people are coming to your classes and they're like, you know, maybe that's the album you need to mm. release. And I was kind of like, huh, you know, what a brilliant idea. It's like people around, you can see something yes. almost more easily than you can. Yes. But as soon as it was suggested to me, I was like, oh my gosh, that makes, you know, so much sense because I could feel that others could use this, you know, and bringing this, this work to children. Um, and then, you know, even further, I was like, and I could just show them how to teach it by recording these yoga tracks. Like, here's literally how I teach, you know, this song, Black Dog in the River on my, on my album. I'll record it for you. Here you go. Just press play. Hmm. Um, so it, it felt like something born out of this experience I was having and a feeling of really this, this could be in service to others who are bringing this work to children. Hmm. And did you work, was this independently released at first or did you work with a recording studio? Yes. All my albums are independently released. Mm. I have my own, my own label. And I, I mean, I have a distributor and, and all yeah. that kind of stuff, but I am my own label essentially. Yeah. I've done oh. all of them that way. That is amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Um, so now in terms of your books, so you're also, so it's like, it's funny in the kids yoga world, there's authors, there's musicians, there's teachers, and you're kind of <laughs> doing everything. <laughs> yeah, all, so, the things. The, all the things. So mm -hmm. your books, which I also love, which um, are also beautifully illustrated. And, and um, how did those come to be? Was that after the music that you decided? Thank to... you. Yeah, I know this is the latest one that just came out. Ooh, I know the people hot, listening hot can't see it, but you can go find it. Hot Coco Com just came out in December. Um, and I'm glad you mentioned the illustrations because Ani Betts is the illustrator for all of them and she's brilliant. And I mm. really believe that um, a lot of the book success can be attributed to the fact that they're just so pretty to look at, you know, yeah, and gorgeous. I think that a young child, you know, picking them up just loves to page through it, even if they're not necessarily reading it or even doing the exercises. So, mm. you know, props to Ani Betts for the beautiful drawings. But the way that these started was um, after my music got rolling and I had, you know, got some traction and Sirius XM radio was playing a lot of my songs. Mm -hmm. And the host of the morning show called me and said, we have, she said, a lot of my listeners are in the car in the morning. They're on their way to childcare or school or whatever. And they're all frazzled and they rushed out the door and the kids eating an Eggo in the backseat. And, you know, can you, I know you're all into this, you like yoga and mindfulness thing. <laughs> can you create some little breaks for them or little, you know, exercises or activities that they can do in a, in a car, in a backseat of a car that would help bring some calm to their mornings. And I was like, hmm, that's a really interesting idea. So I created this whole series we called backseat yoga breaks and they were, you know, little stretches and little breathing exercises. And they were, they were 60 seconds or less. And I recorded them all and sent them and they played them on the air all the time and got really great feedback from them. And so when a publisher came calling and said, I'd really like, we'd like to do a book with you. We landed on the idea of adapting those into what became my album, Mindful Moments for Kids first, and mm -hmm. then it became Breed Like a Bear. So a lot of those exercises um, in a slightly different form 
started as these backseat yoga breaks that were aired on Sirius XM radio in the mornings to families who were, you know, rushing out the door and in the car yes. and all that kind of stuff. That's how the first one came to be. Wow. And I, yeah. I can really relate to that morning rush. It's like every morning of getting out the door with your kids and to take, it really is that simple to take 60 seconds to really do one of your, to practice a mindfulness. And then for you to transform it into a way that it's very accessible. It's interesting. I know it's for kids, but I think adults get just as much benefit. Oh, hundred percent. From the exact same exercise, right? It's, it's right. powerful stuff. Yeah. So it, it seemed to be a hit because we've all been there, right? With the, I mm-hmm. mean, I have, I have three and when they were young, the getting out the door in the morning, you know, was, and it was just such a feat to get us all in the car. Yes. <laughs> and, and when you get in the car and you're kind of captive for those few minutes or half hour, however long you're in, what a perfect opportunity to just either it's, you know, whether it's set your intention for the day or let go of the stress of the morning or whatever it is. And, and like you said, it can be so quick to be helped. I mean, it doesn't need to be long to be helpful, mm-hmm. right? Quick yes. can be very effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so that's so how the books started. Yeah. That started. And then from there, was it just kind of like, okay, this had a lot of interest. Let's, let's keep going. Yeah. Well, <laughs> fortunately, I mean, I'm so fortunate. Breathe like a bear seem to have really struck a chord. I mean, it's been published in 16 languages um, and, you know, done really, really well. So happily um, the publisher, you know, said, you know, what's next, (laughs) what's next, what's next. And we have, so I have six books out now. I have uh, Peaceful Like a Panda came out about last year. It's a companion book to breathe like a bear. It's got 30 more mindfulness exercises and it's organized into times of day, which I really like. I think it really helps families that way. Um, and then there are four board books for the really little ones that are incorporate some story with um, very simple mindfulness concepts and, you know, working on another. So luckily oh, it's become a, a body of work that I'm really, I'm really proud of. Yes. And they're wonderful for parents to read to their kids, but also for kids yoga teachers to bring to their classes. I love bringing books to classes and incorporating oh, the stories. Good. That's what yeah. they're for. I'm so glad yeah. to hear that. Yep. Yep. So of all these things you do, since you're kind of, (laughs) I would say you do like you do it all in the kids yoga industry. And I'm sure this, the answer might change based on what you're doing at the time. Is there any part of the work at this moment that's most rewarding to you? That's a great question. I would say um, at the moment, since I'm not able to be in person with children as much as I would like, um, which is probably the case for all of us, but Mm -hmm. um, pre-COVID, I was spending lots of time in schools and whether that's performing or teaching or doing huge assemblies, you know, for 400 kids in a school gym with yoga, music and mindfulness. And I just absolutely love doing that. But of course that all completely went away for a year and a half or more, and it's slowly starting to come back. But since I I don't have that um, one-to-one with the children, I'm really enjoying doing virtual things with the adult community who's who are bringing this work to children. Hmm. I've started a, a membership at the end of last year of kids yoga teachers. It's this beautiful community of people who are believe so strongly in this work. And I do a lot of teacher trainings um, and a lot of teacher PD. I do teacher trainings hmm. for kids yoga teachers, but I also teach professional development for classroom teachers. And I just believe so strongly in helping um, the adults who are the primary, who hold the primary relationships with the kids bringing them into the work so that they can, so then there's the ripple effect outward, right? 
So right now I'm really enjoying connecting and, and teaching and learning from other grownups who are in this, um, in this world who believe in bringing mindful practices to kids and just, and, and just seeing that ripple effect, you know, move outward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I totally can relate with teaching for so long and then realizing like there, I want to reach more children. How do you do that? And just like you said, it's like, if you, you start um, working with the grownups that want to do this work, that want to learn this work. And that's wonderful. Is what's the name of your community in case people are interested? Yeah, sure. It's rock and yoga. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can the rock and yoga kids, yoga teacher membership. It's just a, a lovely community. Um, and you know, I'm happy to, to tell anyone more about it if they want to reach out through my website. Sure. Yeah. Awesome. Um, but I just wanted to, to follow up on bringing the adults in is, you know, I get called a lot of the, a lot of times saying, can you come in and teach you know, a mindfulness class to my children at a school. And I, and I'm like, sure, absolutely. I'd love to do that. But you know, what would be more beneficial in the long run is teaching those teachers mm-hmm. how to deliver this every day in the classroom, right? Then you've got it all year long or teach, you know, let's have a parent um, meeting with the parents in the classroom and teach them how to, right. That's when, you know, it really becomes a lasting and consistent practice that has the most benefits for the children. Yes. Absolutely. And like you said, I, I watched your Ted talk about the mindful bits, like bringing in those mm-hmm. little pieces. And I love how you said, like it, at first people could say, Oh, it's another thing I have to do in my class. We don't have time. We have to do all these things. But the fact that it's so digestible, tiny, these little pieces of time that you incorporated, it's not, it's not a big undertaking. Once you, once you're trained in it and understand that it's, it could be a 60 second break in the day. Not only that, and, and by the way, the science has borne out, even in children, there's a very recent study that showed that only four long, deep breaths can significantly alter children's stress physiology. So mm. not only does it not take a lot of time, but if you're a teacher and you're doing this consistently, you're going to get that time back because your children will be calmer and more focused and more productive. So it's actually going to create time in your day that you previously spent trying to, you know, get things under control. So, you know, and I've just, I've heard that time, time and time again from teachers who use, you know, my mindful moments that are only 60 seconds long, but they do it consistently enough that they really see the benefits. Yes. Oh, that's such a good point that it actually is the opposite. It creates more space, more time, helps everyone get centered, including the teacher you know, and and, yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, Well, I would love to hear from you. I'm thinking of like, I'm I'm just excited because I've been talking to so many kids yoga professionals and I'm like excited for the future of kids yoga because it, it's really all around the globe. And depending Mm -hmm. on who I talk to, where they are, it's maybe just beginning or it's been around a while, but I get chills because I think, oh, if, if it's growing so fast, I started about 10 years ago and it's completely a different world now. Um, I wonder what it will be like in 10 more years. So do you have a vision of what you hope kids yoga and mindfulness will look like in say 10 years from now? My hope is that it would be incorporated into the public schools, 100%, um, as not as something extra or as enrichment, but as essential learning. I mean, we all know that children don't get nearly enough movement in their day. And yoga-based movement can be done by anybody, anywhere with no equipment. 
We all know that children are struggling to regulate themselves and to cope with anxiety and stress. And mindfulness can be done by anybody, anywhere with no special equipment, right? The benefits are out there. They've been proven time and time again by science, by evidence-based research. So those practices in my mind should be incorporated into the public schools as part of every child's school day. And classes that um, you know are taught at the Y or the rec center libraries are fantastic, but the way to reach all the children or the most children I should say is in the public schools, right? And that's the way to increase access and, and, and promote equity for these practices that are just so beneficial. So my hope is that by expanding this community of grownups who believe really strongly in this work in, in all the ways that I'm doing it and you're doing it and, and other kids yoga educators are doing it will start to create that momentum, that movement. I mean, it's already started. Like you said, yes. it's already begun. I mean, when I first started teaching, I would go to my local preschool and offer to teach for free and they would say no. I mean, it, yeah. I, you know, no joke. Like I, when I said I taught where anyone would have me, I was, you know, it was not everyone would have me mm-hmm. even for free. So, I mean, it's really come a long way but it has a long way to go, but I could see it getting there because there are so many people now, grownups like you and me and others who believe really strongly in it and who are working hard to, to make that ripple effect just expand and expand. Yes. Yeah. I get chills when you're talking. And I think the key part of that, that I think is most important is the evidence and the science behind it. Because exactly. like you said, yoga and mindfulness can get have a certain, um, people think of it a certain way, just based on maybe images they've seen, or they're like, oh, that's a religion or, Mm -hmm. and so to say, no, 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 this is what it is. And here are 10 different studies that show you the benefits. Um, I think that that's the way that it's getting into more and more schools. And I completely agree in order to get all children access, it has to be incorporated in the school day because they also see then the importance of it, that it's just part of the rest of the day. Exactly. Yeah. hundred percent. And the science part is so important. I mean, I have had, um, I have had people, you know, to keep their families home when I'm coming for an assembly because they think that mm. I'm bringing religion into the school. And I've said to them, okay, have the parent just come in and watch my assembly. We are literally dancing, singing, you know, breathing, clapping. If there's no, you know, it, I, and, but you can't, there are some preconceived notions are hard to dispel, but when you can show them, yeah, here's a study that shows, for example, that four deep breaths will actually take your child whose nervous system is, you know, up here um, from really stressed out to calm, calmer, I should say, you know, there's proof right here. The science is there. Same thing with movement. The science is there, the, the benefits that kids absolutely need it. They need it in order to learn, you know? if kids, kids can be in school all day long, but if their bodies and minds aren't ready to learn because they haven't had enough movement because they're dysregulated and their nervous systems are going haywire, they won't be able to learn. You'd be asking them to do something their bodies and brains aren't able to do. Be like asking a toddler to fly a plane, right? So they, they need these practices in order to regulate their minds and bodies in order to be ready to learn. And sometimes when I talk to school administrators, that's the angle that works on them, mm. right? Because they, what they want is to, for them to get their math score. And understandably, that's their jobs, right? They want to get the math scores up and the reading, you know, and the literacy and all that kind of stuff. And if you can approach it that way, the science shows that these children will be better able to focus and pay attention and learn. And these academic scores will then increase. 
you know, and if that's what we need to do to make it happen, all right. You know, because the host of other benefits will be there as well. Yes. Oh, so, so true. And Mm -hmm. this kind of, it circles back to where we started, which is like that we, the goal is for kids not to have to unlearn things, but to rather feel in their body, those gut, that instinct or that feeling. Um, I just listened to a podcast where a teacher named Martha Beck was saying like, what feels warm? like going into yes. your body and I like just, her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, she was just on Glennon mm-hmm. Doyle's podcast. And it's like, when you're making a decision, um, it's often, it's your body. It's not, your mind's not the, the place to necessarily go. It's like to tune into your body and to feel it there. But I would say that mm, not most adults, I think many adults are like, what are you talking about? I don't even know what you mean about going into my body because right. we've been so, it's so disconnected. So children naturally feel that. So it's basically just nurturing what they already know and, and giving 100%. them words. Right. And then like, and yes. helping them describe it so that they don't lose, lose touch with that. Yeah. I actually just wrote a song <laughs> that's called wise, like an owl. And it is all, it is for children to help them listen to their intuition. Oh, I'll send it to you. <laughs> oh, I'd love to hear that. I have, um, I wrote a song for each exercise in peaceful, like a panda. And that's going to be my next album. It's it'll be coming out later this spring, but that was a song I thought, is it too sort of, I don't know what the right word is, heady or something to write a song about intuition for young kids. And I was like, no, they absolutely not. They can feel it. They can, you know, they, they can understand it and they need to be encouraged to listen to it. So I love that you said that. I think that's, that's absolutely spot on. You know, your body's going to tell you, your body's going to mm-hmm. tell you, you got to listen. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love, I love how everything's yeah. so connected. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I, I always uh, wrap up conversations with a kid's yoga gem to offer to the community. So it's basically yeah. like, if you could offer someone teaching yoga to kids, mm-hmm. one piece of advice, what would that be for you? I think it would be less talk, more music. <laughs> I think that we as teachers talk too much. And I think that kids are talked at all day long by all kinds of grownups in their lives. Um, and we as kids yoga educators have this wonderful opportunity, the freedom within our classes and our programs to bring in music and rhythm and sound to what we do. And I will tell you that if you're not taking advantage of everything you can do with music and rhythm and sound, you're missing out on a super valuable tool that can capture kids' attention, that can help them focus, that can help them remember information and you attach information to a melody. It's so much more memorable that can unify the group and make it feel really bonded that can create structure in your classes with hello songs and goodbye songs and songs for transition. There are so many things you can do and just simply saying your instructions to a beat or a couplet that rhymes or putting your own words to a traditional tune, all these things will engage the children so much more than if you just talk at them. I encourage you to give it, I mean, this is what I train teachers in all the time and it is so powerful and you don't need to be a musician. You don't need to be a singer. Um, Kids don't care. They truly don't. Um, It is really incredibly powerful and I encourage everyone to give it a try. It's again, it's borne out by science. If you speak to, to a child, the part of their brain that's responsible for auditory processing lights up. If you play music, if you add a beat, if you add, you know, tempo and rhythm and melody, way more parts of their brain are lit up. So there's more oxygen, more blood flow going to the brain, putting it in a much more highly focused state. 
than if you are just talking that same thing. So it's very, very powerful. And that's what I always encourage kids yoga teachers to try more of in their classes. But I love that so much. It's, it's funny, like in teaching, I found that, that I naturally would just, and I'm not a musician, I'm not a singer, but would just start singing, especially with the young, you know, the twos. It's like, if you yes. start losing their attention, <laughs> I would just course. start singing and it always brought them back. So like you said, yeah, you don't have to be a professional musician or a singer. Mm-hmm. You, like you said, even the rhyming, um, bringing, bringing that in, it's, it's, it just, it creates a different environment that you feel it. You feel them just kind of, it, it's, it, you feel, you know, it. it sinks into them more. And the bottom line is it's more fun. Yes. Right. <laughs> and who doesn't want more fun? Right. You do. They do. I mean, it's more fun, like period, end of story. That could, that could be, if that were the only reason you could still do it, but there are a host of others that make it really, really powerful. So. Totally. Well, your music, I just want to tell everyone if you don't have Kira's albums or I mean, definitely incorporate those into your classes. It's just it. I used um, the the Dancing Mountain song. Um, oh, good. And yeah, every class for the the three year olds <laughs> like to um, and also Caterpillar Caterpillar. That's I, I just I love A that classic. song. <laughs> <It's> classic. <laughs> um, my but, brother singing on that. My brother and I. Is it really? Oh, yeah, I love that. That's so use cool. that. <laughs> And now your mindful moments, I'm, I'm actually, I want to try to do those in the car right to school. I think that's such a good idea. The other day, I just, we were, it was so chaotic that I, I, we just all took a deep breath. I was like, to my kids, I'm like, let's all take a deep breath. (laughs) But I love that idea of playing one of your, um, those 60 second clips to just like ground down. Yeah. Just hit play. I'll talk you through it. Right. My voice is, you don't have to do anything except put it on, hit play and follow along. Easy peasy. Yeah. Well, I would love um, for people to find you in all the places and and anything that you're working on right now that you'd like to promote. So can you just tell us your website, social media? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You can find my music on Spotify or Apple Music or all of the places. My -hmm. books are available anywhere you can imagine to buy a book. Um, I'm on Instagram. That's the the social media platform I'm on the most. It's at Kira Willie. I'm also on Facebook and Twitter. And yeah, I'm building this rock and yoga community, which is this just beautiful community of, of kids yoga educators. If you're interested in that, just head to my site and get in touch. Um, and I have a new album coming out and um, that'll be out in a couple of uh, probably two months, but a single will be out really soon. So that's exciting. And that goes along with the book, Peaceful Like a Panda. So my idea was that, um, you know, it's easy to make a complete lesson plan with the you know, the lesson, the mindfulness activity from the book, add in the song, you know, and you're on your way to a pretty much a complete lesson plan. And, um, and yeah, I'm working on another book as well. So all kinds of good stuff going on. Mm -hmm. So head to my site to learn more. It's kirawilly.com. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. It was such a pleasure to talk to you. You're like a kid's yoga hero of mine. So to be able to to talk to you, it's been so fun. Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you'd like to support the Kids Yoga Podcast, here are a few ways you can do that. Visit www.thekidsyogapodcast.com. Here you'll see a link to my Patreon page, and you will see different monthly subscriptions, which will offer you added benefits. You can also contact me through the website and see all of the episodes that have been released so far. In addition, 
I truly appreciate those five-star reviews and ratings because it just brings so many more people to the show and it just means the world. So if you feel compelled, a rating and review and press that subscribe button as well. So if you want to get in touch, shoot me an email, thekidsyogapodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow The Kids Yoga Podcast on Instagram and on Facebook. Again, thank you so much for being here.